Hello, I'm Tony Davitt and you're very welcome along to the sixth and final episode for this season of The Bridge, a Cisco and Exertus podcast. I'm the Head of Technical Strategy for Cisco Ireland and Scotland and I'll be your host for these podcasts. In today's episode, I'd like to take a look back at previous episodes briefly, but then look into what 2023 holds for the industry and our customers. Over the course of this series, we've been exploring a variety of teams that represent some of our key strategic pillars and a look at how these have impacted our customers and the wider business world. You've heard from a wide range of guests who shared their expert knowledge and their insights as to how technology represents a bridge to the future of business and beyond. In the very first episode of the podcast, we discussed the future of work. I was lucky enough to be joined by G2 Patel, Head of Collaboration for Cisco, and by Rod McCarthy, Managing Director, Exertus Ireland. We had a great discussion around the way in which we work has changed forever and the impact that has had on small businesses in Ireland. In the second podcast, we had a great conversation with Martin Lee, Technical Lead of Security Research within TALUS, Cisco's Threat Intelligence and Research Organization, along with Donna O'Shea, Chair of Cybersecurity at MTU. Frank Hoban also joined us, who was our Technical Lead for Security at Cisco Ireland. We discussed end-to-end security and we talked about how security needs to be pervasive and discussed new and emerging threats and how best to combat them. We then moved on to episode three and I was joined by Ed Smith, APM lead at Verizon Connect, along with Jerk Belidma, principal architect, CTO cloud at Cisco, and along with Roger Dickinson, business solutions architect at Cisco, where we looked at application optimization and how managing applications in an organization and how they perform is one of the most critical items organizations need to be on top of. We then moved on to episode four, and we were lucky enough to have Todd Nightingale, who led Cisco's enterprise networking portfolio. We looked at arguably one of the most important areas of for our customers and for Cisco, secure agile networks. It's an area that is critical to almost, if not all businesses. We looked at how companies can deploy, manage, and adapt their networks to meet their business needs in a secure, reliable, and automated fashion. Lastly, episode five was a look at Secure Access Services Edge, or SASE, and I was joined by Yuval Yakskan, uh, Director of Solutions and Product Marketing for Secure Access Services Edge at Cisco. We looked at the rise of remote workers coupled with growing push of company data and infrastructure into the cloud, which prompted Gartner in 2019 to define a new approach to networking and security called SASE. It's been a full-packed year of podcasts discussing these important topics, and I'd like to thank all our guests for their time and valuable input to the podcast. But in today's episode, I'd like to have a look at how these areas have affected our customers and a look at some of the challenges that they'll face into 2023 and beyond, and some also some upcoming tech trends. With that, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you my good friend and colleague, Shane Herdy, Managing Director for Cisco Ireland and Scotland. Shane, you're very welcome along to the podcast today. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, joining us. For those who may not know you, maybe you'd like to just maybe give a little introduction about yourself. Great. Thanks, Tony. And uh, delighted to be here today. Uh, and thank you very much for the invite. Uh, I guess you'll know as much about me as I do you, as we started together in Cisco on the same day, just over 17 years ago, uh, full of excitement and anticipation. And in my case, a full head of hair, which unfortunately is no longer the case. Uh, you know, as I look back, Cisco has been a great company to to work for, uh, and that to me is reinforced by the huge numbers from within our seventy thousand workforce that we meet that have stayed ten years and beyond, like ourselves. Uh, and for me, apart from the great products that I believe we we make, the culture is what I believe keeps people uh, wanting to partake and, and really lean in uh, to the Cisco vision. Now, I can honestly say. 
that I'm proud to work for Cisco and its vision, uh, which is to power an inclusive future for all. On the personal front, I'm a husband and a father of two wonderful daughters uh, who most certainly uh, keep us both very busy. Ensuring spare time is minimal. Uh, in fact, any spare time is spent coaching their teams in Ballyboden St. Dendas or chauffeuring to drama, gymnastics, hockey, hockey swimming and more. Um, so, yeah, re- really enjoying both the professional side within Cisco and being home in Ireland and uh, re-engaging in the community. As, as a taxi man, but it's As a things. taxi man, yeah. <laughs> Very busy one. <laughs> Indeed. Listen, 2022 was a turbulent year for businesses tech-wise, um, between cyber attacks to manage and the shortage of talent to overcome. Companies have had to evolve their strategy to prosper. However, they face on, you know, new uncertainties over the next 12 months. What technical challenges do you think companies need to prepare for? Yeah, great. Yeah, as we listen to our customers, they consistently highlight their, their challenges, concerns and opportunities um, around five key areas. Right? So uh, applications, infrastructure, hybrid work, security and, and services. Right. So if I take each of those individually uh, on the applications, the application both internally and customer facing needs to perform as expected when expected. Uh, externally, uh, with customers engaging, the application is often the only experience a customer will have of an organization. And in a time of real decreased brand loyalty, it's easier than ever before for a customer to click to the next option and change brand. Uh, you know, internally, for business critical, uh, critical applications, staff need to be able to access insights, data, uh, on time, real time, when it's most impactful. So applications and the understanding of the behavior of the application is absolutely key. Um, See, it's just funny, actually, you literally just read a stat this morning that uh, 57% of people said brands get one chance. Um, and if it doesn't work straight away, that's it. They will forever move on from that to, to your point about how critically it is important for things to work first time. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and then looking at, at the next pillar around infrastructure and the transformation of infrastructure, uh, as many will know, uh, Cisco's heritage is in networking. We need to support our customers evolving uh, network requirements as they evolve their organization's digital capabilities, enabling their staff, their customers and their suppliers uh, to connect securely on any device to any platform from any location. Um, thirdly uh, is collaboration and the hybrid work. Mm. You know, If we look back to two and a half, three years ago now, when we really experienced the first wave of pandemic, priority was to get staff remote, get them home, keep them safe and get them connected. Probably in those times, not a whole lot of consideration given to the experience. Mm. It was more about keep the lights going, keep the business going, look after our teams. Uh, as we've returned now to a more normalized working environment, great thought is now required around the experience of all employees and how they participate in meetings, especially. Uh, our recent research in Cisco indicates 60% of employees expect to spend at least eight days per month working from home, mm. and 90% of all meetings will have at least one remote attendee. Mm. Organizations now have to consider how all participants in a meeting are equally empowered to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real key point as well. Like, it's like gone are the days whereby you'd have somebody sitting on the, you know, the, the remote session and they'd just be lost in the conversation completely. That's just not good enough anymore, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you think to when we were all remote, it was easier mm. because we were all virtual, we were all dialing in and we were all empowered equally. Mm. Now we've got a scenario of those remote and those in office mm. and the remote need to be able to participate and be empowered equally as those who are in the office environment. Absolutely. There's also a bit of a cultural change for those that are in to remember those who are dialing in remotely and, yeah. and to have them included. And 
when you're presenting in a room to even mm. address those remotely and keep them involved and engaged. Mm. Um, but equally now, with, with people more experienced back in the office, there's equal consideration given to those who are in presence. Mm. You, know, in, you know, I, I've been talking to customers who they might have three or four execs come in for a meeting and they're all crowded around a single laptop or, or tablet looking at 12 colleagues on small little grids. Mm. That doesn't work either. No, absolutely. You know, so we, we do have to think about both in, in person and, and remote. And just one other point, actually, on the, the hybrid work thing as well. Uh, going back to, as you say, when sort of COVID first hit back in sort of 20, um, what was it, 2019? Was it 2020? Um, losing, my, losing my years. Um, when it first happened, I think, as you said uh, already, you know, people just, you know, ran to get everybody working remotely. And I don't think enough consideration at that time was given to the security of it as well, where now it has to be a major element of that hybrid working scenario. No, completely, completely. You know, and for me, looking at Cisco and what we do with our WebEx portfolio and also our portfolio of video devices that will actually work on any video platform, mm. you know, I believe we've a, a real role to play in supporting customers in that new hybrid environment. Equally, just learning from our own experience, mm. 70,000 employees were, were put remote in 24 hours and we've now opened offices around the globe and we've experienced that over the last 18 months, depending on different countries' readiness to, to reopen, you know, what's good, what needs to be improved. So we have a real, uh, for me, insight to offer to our customers mm. uh, in, in relation to supporting their journey in hybrid work. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, you mentioned security there and, and to me, that's the fourth pillar and Arguably, you know, as you you highlighted, the most important. Right? Mm. Companies can build reputation and brands over decades, but that can be lost overnight if they're compromised by a cyber breach. Uh, security has to be to the forefront of every consideration as we continue in what is now a perimeter-less environment with multiple agents connecting on any device from anywhere. Uh, in Cisco, um, we have the largest threat intelligence group in in the world. Uh, and considering our global footprint of infrastructure, we have a very unique, I believe, visibility and insight as 80% of the internet traffic touches a Cisco device at some point in time, right? When you look at what that actually means, you know, we block in, in the region of 25 billion attempted cyber misbehaviors every day. Mm. That's 5x more than there is Google searches. So that gives you an idea to the threat landscape out there and reinforces why security really has to be top of mind. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I heard it uh, in a TV show, actually, I came across it and they were talking about the security operations um, in this particular TV program. And the way they described security operations was um, that they are healthcare workers. And it's always a great analogy because what it's about is actually you have to, the quicker you can actually identify something and in healthcare, obviously, maybe a symptom or something along those lines. And the more information you have about it, the quicker you can actually treat the ailment. Um, and uh, I thought it was actually a great analogy because I think from a security perspective, there is no silver bullets in security. If somebody tells you it is, they're absolutely wrong. But what you can do is you have to be really quick to detect it and then quick to actually get rid of that threat, if you like. Um, and, and the way you do that is having, as you put it in Talos, the biggest threat intelligence operation in the industry, which I think is, uh, is really uh, very, very powerful. Yeah, absolutely agree. And look, it's an incredibly complex environment. And it probably leads me on to the, to the fifth area around skills and, and capability in organizations. It's now impossible for all customers to have all capability in-house. You know, so that, to me, is really driving an increased demand for hosted services, managed services, and the provision of managed services by vendors and technology companies like Cisco. You know, we have that capability in-house, 
And it's it's really important for us and our customers that we can empower and enhance their own in-house skills to ensure that they are as secure as, as can be. But equally, if compromised, that our insight, our, in, our intellect can come to play in our skills to ensure that they return to business as normal as quick as possible. Uh, and, and identify, you know, that breach to prevent it in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think another key element of that um, in terms of that skills shortages is actually relying on more and more automation in both network services and security services as well, uh, which is, a, I think, going to be a huge area. It has been a huge area, but also it will become even more important yeah, in absolutely. 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, thanks very much for that, Shane. And uh, the other point, another little thing that I'd like to actually have a chat around is the internet. Um, internet has been around for, uh, funny enough, it was this anniversary was this year. I know different parts happened at different times, but TCP IP was born in 1983, which makes the internet for me anyway, 40 years old this year. Um, and Cisco has obviously played a major part in its development. Where do you see it going into the future? Yeah, look, look, Cisco's been at the heart of the internet for the last 35 years, and we've absolutely played a key role in its involvement and its development um, to the internet becoming essentially the fourth utility now. Mm. We no longer log on we're permanently on. But, but if you look at the internet, a bit like us two, Tony, the internet's now middle-aged. <laughs> and like it's all, you know, it's done some incredible things, but equally there are areas for, for the internet to improve, right? Um, you know, but looking at the positive side of it, the, the internet does play a key role today in economic and social development, right? And it does contribute greatly towards prosperity. It definitely has democratized access to information access to digital services like healthcare, education, you know, when you're connected, it is that incredible equalizer. But importantly, however, if you're not connected, that digital divide will and does contribute to disadvantage in today's society. Globally, you know, 60, 63% are connected to the internet. It's great. 170 million in the last quarter, new connections to that internet. But we do need to prioritize the other 37% or those, you know, in, in real numbers, more than 3 billion global citizens who today don't have access, and they need to be able to share in that potential to prosper. Uh, this will require us in the industry uh, looking forward to really review the economics of the internet, its connectivity, and most importantly, its access. Right. Today, there are 14 billion devices connected to the internet. This is expected to almost double by 2025 with a guesstimate around 28 to 30 billion devices to be connected. Each one of those connections represents prosperity and opportunity if secured properly. <laughs> Equally, uh, a huge risk if not. Right? So, you know, for, from my perspective, from the internet, we, we need to continue around the enhancements of the security services uh, and, it's, and that capability will be required to support a safe and secure digital experience for all. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you, you touched on it already in terms of being a key infrastructural need for nations today. So what, what are Cisco doing around helping countries achieve their digital ambitions? So we, we've, within Cisco, we have a global program called CDA or Country Digital Acceleration. And the purpose of that is to support the digital vision of nations. It's not to tell countries how to digitize, uh, but to support those with a digital vision and to accelerate its implementation and adoption. It's a global fund where Cisco will invest to support the drive to digitize all services and actually bring the service to the citizen rather than what historically has happened of the citizen move or commute to the service. Uh, the program is now launched in over 20 countries and has been active in Ireland since 2018 in support of the nation's Project Ireland 2040 plan for social, economic and cultural development. Over the past four years, 
Cisco has helped accelerate digitization in three key areas, infrastructure, industry, and digital skills. And in fact, we just launched CDA version two in Ireland last July. And and with that, some really exciting new initiatives and and projects. Can you mention any of those projects at all? And just just a couple of examples? Yeah, I I think one that really kind of strikes to the core of of bringing service to the citizen is a partnership we have um, with the WDC and the HSE and also the you know different government bodies um and it's out in Clare Island where where the inhabitants of Clare Island had a real challenge around medical care mm-hmm. uh, and and it required travel to the mainland even for for basic treatment or or even just for a consult to identify did it require treatment or could that have been uh, actually addressed at home um so so in summary what what we've done there is We've launched a, a video-enabled medical consultation booth on the island. Yeah. We've deployed 5G technology with Cisco Mesh to enable that connectivity. Um, but equally, all the inhabitants who have uh, an ailment or are unwell uh, will be provided with wearables. So they'll real-time, real-time be monitored, and that can identify if and when there might be a spike or a need for a consultation. But rather than travel to the mainland, they can then move to the video uh, consultation facility on the island, can have a, a video call with a consultant or a doctor, be diagnosed or advised uh, you know, remotely, and only if required, then be advised uh, to, to travel to the mainland and to receive that treatment as required. Uh, something we're really excited about, yeah. you know, especially as you know, we look at different ways to provide healthcare services in Ireland, mm-hmm. being able to really push it to the home, uh, I think uh, and believe will will drive advantage to the citizen, but equally to the delivery of health services in general. Awesome. Um, yeah, and that's the, the the first phase of that. We're 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 now looking at other innovations of actual delivery and transport of medicines to the island. Okay. Uh, you know, considering the deployment of drone technology to okay. be able to provide medicine uh, as required or as prescriptions are are needed. So lots of real excitement there around Absolutely, that, yeah. and I think it has a real rep- replicability. Uh, to other areas and other regions in Ireland. Absolutely. Brendan Gleeson probably could have done with that in the Banshees. Yeah, I think here. so, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Sorry for any viewers that haven't seen that just yet. Yeah, it's or very good though. It's very good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, in one of our previous podcasts, and I know we briefly mentioned this earlier on as well, the topic of skills and shortages thereof, especially in some key areas, such as security and so on, um, have really, I think, challenged some of our customers. What are your thoughts for uh, for this in 2023? Um, and maybe some insights about how Cisco were trying to help some of our customers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in discussing CDA, I mentioned that there are some programs around skills there and addressing exactly that. You know, in, in Ireland, we're one of the most connected nations, yet that opportunity that that represented is not felt by everyone. The, the last few years for me have really brought that impact of digital exclusion into focus. Uh, that if you're not connected, uh, you, you 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 are disadvantaged. But equally, being connected and not enabled is 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 equally a huge problem that that we need to address. Uh, you know, recent research by Cisco has revealed there is actually a 28 billion uh, incremental opportunity for the Irish economy through digitization and digital inclusion. Uh, but to realise this opportunity, Ireland will actually need 130,000 people each year to enhance their digital capability with a further 70,000 needing to gain the basic, but also very essential digital skills. Uh, To support this, uh, Cisco uh, in Ireland, we have over 20 network academies uh, that have had in excess of 
35,000 students graduate through our programs. Uh, but in, in addition to this, as part of the CDA announcement uh, last July, we've launched two, in, two new initiatives, uh, our Skills for All platform, uh, which provides self-paced e-learning with a mobile-first approach across a multitude of topics from entry-level networking to cybersecurity and IoT. Uh, but secondly, also looking at and supporting our educators and our teachers that are, are teaching to the sen through the se senior cycle with free access to our academy programs, its content, really to ensure they've access to the very latest and most uh, updated content. And actually, I'll just give a plug for uh, ICT Skillnet Ireland as well. Um, on, on Sorry, on Skillnet Ireland um, and specifically ICT Skillnet. Um, they are actually a NETACAD uh, partner. Um, and through their website, you have access to free um, Cisco courses such as cybersecurity um, and, and data analytics and, and a number of others as well. So it's a, it's a great asset there as well. No, so. a fantastic partnership. And, and as an organization, they, they're hugely committed to that enablement around digital skills, which is really superb. The change in the landscape and economic uncertainty only seems to be increasing. Um, so again, how, how is Cisco helping our customers in these uncertain times? You're right, and 2023 will be no exception to that rule. Technology will again have a central place in the strategy of companies and, and in addressing the challenges they will face. Um, technology does create solutions, but also brings new considerations for businesses. The challenges of cybersecurity that we've discussed, sustainable development, ethics, and meeting the new um, expectations of employees are and, and will always be linked to the ability of companies to innovate and integrate new technologies into their activities. In addition to developing the end-to-end -end architectures to address their ever-changing and evolving needs, Cisco will continue to offer consultancy and advisory services uh, in addition to flexible consumption models. We as Cisco need to ensure our customers can consume our technology in a model that best suits them and meets their needs as they arise. Okay, very good, very good. Um I want to just go back to culture for a few moments, actually. It was one of the first things you mentioned there earlier on. And again, you know, you mentioned also the fact that myself and yourself have worked in Cisco for coming up on 18 years. Um, and there are reasons why people stay in organizations for that length of time. Um, and I think culture is one key aspect of it. Do you want to just talk about culture a little bit more for me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, probably the what kind of what reinforces the positive culture we have in Cisco is the fact that we've been recognized as the number one great place to work globally. Um, for the last two years and in Ireland for the last four years consecutively. And, and while that's a lovely accolade to have, it really does reflect how all have leaned into that inclusive culture with, within Cisco. It's also a great learning opportunity because in each year, in, as part of the participation in Great Place to Work, we do receive feedback both from our employees locally and globally, and it gives us a real opportunity to respond, react and implement any changes that are required. Uh, you know, Cisco's purpose is to power an inclusive future for all. And that really does begin with our employees. Uh, through that conscious culture, I've mentioned we promote positive and fulfilling workplaces where every employee can, can thrive. Um, we truly do invite people from across a full spectrum of diversity to develop their careers at Cisco. And we continue to be committed to paying our employees fairly and equitably. Um, we do, though, acknowledge that there's still a gap in general representation of women at Cisco, and in particular, the representation of women in higher paying roles, which does actually reflect the disparity in STEM education and the technology industry more wildly. Um, Cisco, we're working close to uh, close that representation gaps in several ways, um, from 
working with children and, and young adults about um, developing potential for a career in technology to taking an inclusive approach to recruitment through programs and balanced interview panels and really nurturing and retaining uh, our, our talent. We understand it's going to be an ongoing journey of resolving these challenges and pursuing opportunities, uh, but it's one that we're really dedicated to uh, to pursuing. Absolutely. And actually, just uh, you just talked to me, Mary, on something there on um, the partnership that we've had with business in the community, which I think is a key partnership that we've had um, working with Ringsend uh, Technical College um, for the, over 20 years now, that partnership has been in place. And to me, that's a real key aspect of getting in at you know, college level is too late to influence people, obviously, to, to go into tech and especially for women to go into tech, where we can actually get them and influence them at a younger age. And that's some of the work that we're doing with business in, in the community. And I think that's been a great relationship that we've had there. No, it is for sure. And completely agree with you. You know, engaging at second level, um, you know, is going to be key because by the time we get to third level, uh, Tony, as you know, female participation in engineering at, at, at so graduation, low. it's 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 twelve to thirteen percent mm. in Ireland. Yeah, right. So we really do need to um, have those partnerships at, at second level, even at primary, to really open everyone's minds to the opportunity that our industry represents. You know, engineering is one field, but there's sales, marketing, finance, right. and beyond. Right. So there really is a huge breadth of opportunity within the industry. Finally, if you had a crystal ball, what would your predictions be for twenty twenty three? Well, I'm going to move off technology. Um, you know, so my predictions for the year is that um, Ireland will be Six Nations rugby champions as a pre-course. Uh, we'll then go on to win the World Cup in France. And I've had a chat with a lot of my colleagues in Dublin GAA. We've decided that the Dublin sabbatical, the little break we've taken over the last few years, has gone on long enough. So definitely Dublin to win, Sam. Without a doubt. Brave, brave. You've just alienated a uh, large percentage of our relationship there. But uh, I'm very good at doing that, Tony. Insights, <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs> Um, well, listen, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, that's a wrap for today's episode. And indeed, that's a wrap for our, uh, this season of the Bridge Podcast. Um, I hope people have enjoyed listening uh, as much as I've enjoyed hosting. And if you missed any of the previous ep- episodes, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those. They're all available on all the usual platforms. So once again, thanks very much to all the uh, guests that joined me over the season. And again, thank you very much, Shane, for joining me here today. Great, Tony. And let me just, as, as we close the, the series, uh, I, I do want to thank our, our partner, Exertus, who have supported us in, in uh, facilitating uh, these sessions. But I also want to thank you. Right, you, You've been the host of uh, each session. Uh, a lot of preparation goes into it. I found each of them really informative and, and really valuable time uh, to listen to. So thank you for, for all your commitment to, to the series and to everyone who's uh, supporters in the background. Absolutely. Thank you very much.